There's something so indescribably sexy about you standing in the middle of a crowd. Uh, this is going to hurt you a lot more than it will me, I'm happy to say. Monday mornings are about to get nasty. It's the Mizzy Bender Show. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to Mizzy Bender on the Mizzy Bender Show, and I have a pretty bold podcast coming your way today. The guest speaker of the show is my mother. So welcome to the show, mother. Thank you. I am happy to be here. You know, I treated her like a normal guest, so I didn't say or share anything with her. So I have to go through some ground rules with you. Ground rules are you can't mention your own name. You can't mention anything that correlates and directly leads back to the family. So no sibling names, none of that. We have to keep it super private and just so, you know, I'll just refer to you as mother or whatever the heck. And the other is like you, super open book, specifically during COVID when I had the morning show and we were on air for five hours a day for months. Uh, you know, I divulged and I, you know, the only thing I was able to do was talk about my own self and experiences and, and try and relate emotionally to what people could have been going through at the time. And so, you know, they know a lot of our dirty laundry, you know, I guess I'll say. So they know okay. that. Yeah. So you mentioned it before coming on the podcast, you know, don't get upset by anything that you would possibly say to me. I'm not going to be offended by mm-hmm. anything. And if a conversation goes in a direction that we really are like, we can't air this, I can always edit it out. So we have that. So <laughs> I'm going to start by saying, what is it that you think that I do? Um, I guess I just put it in the category of a swinger. I never really knew exactly what a swinger was, except male, female get together with other couples and interchange and stuff like that. But I have seen some of your pictures and they don't shock me because nothing shocks me in life anymore. I was a little shocked when you first told me about it. But at that time, I said, it's your life and and you do whatever you want. And, you know, I'm fine with that. You said you're not really shocked by anything. I mean, I've always been a little bit myself my whole life. I always joke because, you know, your husband, my stepdad would always refer to me as being in Mizzy land or, you know, my own world or like when I was in high school, (laughs) you know, I tell everybody all the time, I changed the spelling of my name and you still spell it that way to this day, which is, you know, kind of funny. So you have always accepted, you know, my individuality, but I also will say not that I was promiscuous. Remember one of the ants like called and tattled on me one time. And so, you know, would you feel that it's Mm -hmm. not super shocking that I'm in a sexual environment or look back in history, you could be like, oh, okay. That kind of makes sense. I guess I never looked at it as your history that I never felt that you were really promiscuous. In that respect, you you did have steady boyfriends and um, relationships and everything, but I never looked at it as promiscuous. That's good I, to know. Exactly. I, I, I never passed judgment on you for anything like that. And um, I thought you to be normal, but you were very expressive. And I was happy about that. And I was proud to have you as my daughter being 
your own individual self because I didn't even know how to do that myself until recently. So I was like talking on a post today because I had I did uh, my morning show and I had announced to everybody that I was having you on the podcast and they're like, oh my God, <laughs> you're having your mom on? And I was like, well, listen, for me, it's an important topic to have, right? Lifestyle swingers, whatever you want to say, are so afraid of being themselves and being open because of the judgment and everything. And I'm like, all right, well, what better conversation to have with then with my own mother, because I'm super bold on the things that I talk about. And I think that you're the same way. And on your journey, very similar to what I do, truthfully, like writing books and podcasts and all that other stuff, but just from a spiritual female empowerment kind of guiding type of way. Since you're kind of really open, I thought it was really great for Women's History Month also to kind of bring you know, at full circle, because you are working your ass off on what it is. And I know exactly how much work it takes and the thought process and everything that it is that you're trying to accomplish. And it's, it is a lot. And so I thought that was really a great thing to highlight during this month. But also, since we are super honest with the things that we share, it's important for the community to hear that it was difficult and there are challenges and some people might be more accepting and others might, and it might take more work to get to a foundation of where you want to be. But I also feel like everybody has the right to be who they are. So, I mean, you know what my prior life was like, but it was suffocating. Yep. Right. And a lot of that is because, well, probably I was embarrassed and uh, who knows, whatever. So that that was why I really wanted you to come on here and, and be able to share from a parent standpoint, a family member standpoint. What was it about it was shocking, you know, because you said female and male couple swap, but I also engage with females too. So can I said that to you early at that time where I was like, well, maybe I don't know what the circumstances would be like. Was that weird or shocking to you? No. First, I have to stop you with all your questions because I have to let everybody know, number one, I am proud of you and I am proud to be your mother because you inspire me. Oh, don't, you can't bring the waterworks. And you have let me know what being bold and real is all about. And I think I shared this with you and I can never share this with anybody else in my life before that when I was, before I met your father, I was so desperate to be loved that a friend of mine was Mm -hmm. in a relationship with another woman and she invited me over to her house and she wanted me to meet another woman. And I allowed myself to be kissed and touched by this woman. And I, I think I shared that with you, right? Yep. And because you made me feel comfortable to share it. But with my husbands, I never shared it with them. I never felt comfortable enough to share it. So woman and woman, man on man, that never has ever entered my mind as being abnormal. To me, people are people. And like I said, you inspire me to reach out and talk more about myself, even to the effect, the, um, the outcomes that God wants me to bring to other people and not to hide my real self. And I feel like it's time to be the real me. Thanks to you. 
Well, this has taken a turn that I wasn't really expecting. I mean, I cry a ton on my podcast. It's been actually a, a while since I've actually had an emotional one. So it's kind of nice that it's it's with you. I mean, I'm not even sure what to say because it's a beautiful comment back. And I appreciate the growth in our relationship over the past year. It hasn't always been this way, but I think that with some of the challenges and some of the looks backs, you know, it's, you always take that positive from the negative and you just try and build from it. And you know, and it, it does work out now because we are on the same path that it's easy to, you know, kind of understand each other or, or whatever the circumstances are. I think that you also had to go through some of not hating me, though, you know, because you certainly didn't like me for a really long period of time. And, you know, the, the listeners do know that we kind of had some segregation uh, for a a while. So not liking you, it was feeling like I wasn't loved by you and not knowing the right things to say. I guess the feeling is mutual because I'm, I'm not really sure, but I am really happy that we were able to kind of like migrate and get to this point and be able to share this moment. Because like I said, it went in a much different direct. Like I didn't know that you had those thoughts. And so it was it's very heartwarming to hear that. I mean, it's phenomenal the things that you're working towards. And with that being said, you know, so we've gotten past the sexual part of things. And so I'm really happy that you've been able to kind of see, and I, I do hope that you see that it's more than just a sexual thing. And I, I kind of feel you do that, see that because of what you just said, that my bigger picture is much bigger and my accomplishments on what I'm trying to achieve is much more. And I always, you know, I always have you in the back of my mind saying, like you should be CEO. You know, they know that I worked in the C-suite and supported a multi-billion dollar international company. They don't know yep. of which it was. You know, you were always in the background being like, you should be the one. You should be the one. That should be yep. you. And I yep. think about that and all the times that I struggle because it's fucking really difficult. Sometimes trying to figure out the right strategy. Am I doing this right? Is it too much? Is it not enough? And then you know how much learnings it is. You get so overwhelmed by how much you're learning that you're just like, I can't, I don't even know what I, I can't even do this. And then you feel like, what just happened the last two months? I came out of this weird spiral. And like, yep. it's just, would you say that that path that I'm, I, I mean, that was a long explanation to get to my question, but would you feel like I'm, on that direction that like, I'm going to meet those expectations of your like, go get it. I definitely see that because like you said, you came from the space where I said you should be the CEO. So you have all that experience, but you don't have the experience of running a small business and pulling it all together. And you were sharing how I write stories. I'm in like 20 something different collaborative books and one of the last stories I wrote was about you oh, and being okay. proud about you. I asked you about it. I, I think you might recall this when I was stuck not knowing what to write and it was to inspire other business people. And it was like, well, I haven't accomplished myself yet, but I can share the other people that have accomplished and are accomplishing. And I wrote how you have, you have created your business. You created the podcast, talking for hours, helping other people. And you're teaching me what you've learned has worked. And that's what story work was about. And I think I titled it, I'm proud of my daughter. <laughs> Something really like funny. that. And I just submitted it the other day. And 
I don't think you ever knew that, that all the, all of your life, I have always been proud of you. And I think that's what the listeners need to hear because through all of your hurt and all of my hurt, we, I know we hurt each other and I know I hurt you from the age of God knows. And I'm sorry for that, but we have grown from it and the listeners need to know. I think at one point you wanted them to know that it's okay. And that what we lived in our past, we learned from. And you and I have learned a lot and it has brought us together. But um, I know I'm drifting from your original question, but it I don't need matter. To I, I need Whatever. to say that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm open. You, you said to me as I was driving to New York one day and you said to me, I don't know, maybe you met to meet a woman instead. And yeah. I mean... I guess I'd be open to it, but I, I prefer to have in a relationship with a man, but I never knock down anything. Yeah. I mean, and, my nesting, not to cut you off, my nesting partner is always going to be a man, but I mean, we do have like a semi-girlfriend or it's great, but yeah. And and if your siblings listen to this podcast and hear what I shared with your listeners and, and it's like, I want to be an open book about everything so people know everything about me. And if they don't listen and they don't respect me for that, and the same thing with you and your listeners, then they don't belong in your life. And I learned that the hard way that too many people were hurting me. And it's like, no, this is my journey. And I have to take it the way I'm taking it. And you and your listeners need to look at it the same way. It's the journey that you're on. And if somebody doesn't respect you for the person that you are, it doesn't matter what's in your closet. I wrote that in another book with overcoming the segregation and everything. Everybody has something in their closet and they should not be looking at each other as less than they are. We're all equal. I agree 100%. And I'm so happy that you said that because it really it it's actually it's, it's difficult, right? Because like I look at my relationships, and I know which ones have been hurt by what I what people potentially think I do. And you know, that's the other thing that kind of bothers me people have a lot of misconceptions about just, you know, the lifestyle and things in general, if you actually talk to human beings and figure out, you know, what their thoughts are and what their feelings are, you'll see like, they're just, we're just normal people. You know, when I had shared it with you, I don't know if stepdad went in a direction of, I couldn't really tell what his, he was against it. And it, I, I kind of sense that, but I feel like he, he tried to be he tried to relate by sharing like some things that he knew of around town and stuff. So I appreciated that. But I did also get the sense that he didn't agree to it. But and it made me be like, I didn't say anything to you guys, but like it made me think and I joke with you now about it. His piggy parties. I mean, like those were like the typical swinger parties. I don't know what the fuck you thought or what the situation, but you I, I, I looked back that last year. Right. Like when I look back on it, I'm just like, these motherfuckers were living the lifestyle this whole time, you know, and he was super piggy and just, you know, just in general or whatever. And so it just made me feel shocked that 
And I mean, I guess it might be different because it's like your daughter with dad. I did have a conversation, you know, obviously I talked to dad about it and dad shared a lot of like his history with me in so many different directions. So now I don't really think that he, dad was saying like, oh, you know, I support the whole swinging thing that you're doing, but he was trying to relate to me from like a sex industry kind of standpoint and, you know, just be like, I understand like I, you know, whatever. I'm just surprised that stepdad didn't have the same perspective or whatever on that like did he ever say why um he never said to me why he just said that he was totally against it and he changed my mind over it because and I did everything because of what he said and and did and I became suicidal because of him because he wouldn't have sex with me because I got too fat yeah well and um, this is taking it real I Okay. TMI, but okay. Sorry, listeners. This mom but, we're talking to. But we're talking the same conversation. I know. I know. I didn't see the perspective until last year. And it's like, why was I different than anybody else? And behind closed doors was not what he presented to the public. Right. Yeah. And that threw me off when it came to talk about you. And he really would not have those conversations, except he was against it. Yeah, he was pretty much just like a matter of fact and didn't matter really what the reasoning or anything was behind it. I just, it was just shocking for me. I mean, whatever, it is what it is. I'm sorry he's not here long enough to see, you know, the growth. And like, it really is just, I'm not just out fucking people. You know, I build personal relationships, you know, like they're extended, like, whatever, you know, and they're so far and few in between because, you know, like everybody lives this lifestyle differently, right? For me, what this lifestyle has provided to me is the complete opposite of what I was living. So what was I living? I was living in super alcoholic environment with a Marine who suffered from PTSD severely, really, really just detrimental, silent, Right. I mean, after, after Titan, uh, I mean, I don't even know if you know that, um, you tell me about your arm. Yeah. After Titan, like mauled my arm, I was like, I had, I went silent in the house and that was like three years before I was able to make the move to, you know, out and, and do what I did. And, and frankly, the only reason why I was able to do it as quick as I, I was on a five-year plan at that point in time, because that's how long it was going to take to get my little one or, you know, my extended little one out of high school where I felt like it was going to be, you know, safer, you know, where he was able to really fully function as a, an adult on his own and did not need a real adult behind him. Like I needed to get to that place where he was safe to live. Right. So I was on a five-year plan and that's kind of where, it was like after the arm, after the arm thing happened. And so at that time I went really quiet. I didn't, I never fought. I didn't, I legit, because I was so terrified that the fucking dog was going to get me. And any single time there was a heightened situation, he would sick the, like, I don't know how you say it. Like he'd tell the dog to come at me. So it was like, I had to keep right. I had to keep quiet. And I was just like, So I met Spencer and when I met Spencer, he was just so free. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I know you've had some challenges with him because he's a very, 
powerful mind in his own way. And so, you know, there was some ups and downs to the relationship with your move and stuff like that, but everything had all good intentions, but he really provided like this open-mindedness and for whatever it was, just like this comforting ability for me to feel safe. And so this can make me cry because we've never actually really talked about the in-depth some of it. And it's actually, I, I was just telling Spencer the other day, like sometimes like when I start to remember about it, I get so sick to my stomach that I allowed such detrimental stuff to happen to, in it's tough. Right. And so I think that I still like, am trying to process like a you, lot of that. You, right. You didn't allow it. You, you were just feeling stuck. I learned that that's what it is. I mean, I know why I was doing it. I was, I was doing it to get the little one mm-hmm. to adulthood. And I understand that, but I think at some time, at some point in time, you got to like, think about like the, what's happening to your own self. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed reviews. Like I would do it all over again just because of that. It sounds terrible, but at the same time, it still like kills my stomach. Especially I, I look in the mirror sometimes. And when I look at my arms and all the scars and stuff, it just like, it never goes away. Like I just always see it. And then when I see it, it just flashes so much back. And it's like, I just don't know. And it's like, you could talk about it so many times and I mean, I guess you can go to therapy as many times as, but like, I think that there are still going to be times that you just get triggers and you just have to work through whatever that emotion is. Right. And so for me, it feels like you just lived it. Yeah. And so, you know, it's tough. And so when I met Spencer, it was like, he provided, I don't, I don't know if it was just that he, he was so free and, and so just. I mean, he just gleamed happiness, right? He just seemed so just like light and kind of just like, I'm like, this, he was just so intriguing. And so like nobody like I ever met before. And truthfully that night, I didn't even hardly speak with him. You know, he was, he, he was auntie's friend. And so, you know, I, uh, they like kind of chatted and not hardly because he was doing his thing or whatever. So to get to a position where, you know, he was actually interested in like being with me. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I didn't know what to think because, you know, I was at a turning point as it was in the relationship because legit it was when I had just bought my Mustang and what had happened was I had just gotten um, around that time period. I had just gotten a huge raise and my paycheck went up to triple digits. And my partner at the time, he never can handle accomplishments. Thank you. The accomplishments. He couldn't handle any of that. And so those would end up going into wicked drinking swirls. And um, yeah. And so it would go on forever. And this particular time period, it was, so I met Spencer on June 27th. It was a Saturday we had just gotten into this swirl of a thing. And I was like, just getting, I was like, I just was getting so overwhelmed. And anytime I would go out, it would be an issue because he would drink. And then I don't know what would happen, but I would get 9,000 fucking messages and it would be a shit show. 
So it would either be, I'm like fucking anxious the entire night that I was out wondering what I was coming home to, or like it was a million different things or in conjunction with just him back, you know, going at me, I would get things from the little one being like, this is what's going on in the household. What am I supposed to do? So I would get it. And I would be like, I don't, so I would never, I was never able to go anywhere. Right. And I wasn't able to ever do anything because I couldn't ever deal with these. And that was the same exact thing, corporate functions and everything. I like, it would fucking kill me. I'd be out at, you know, trying to do my corporate events at night. And I'm dealing with this stupid bullshit on the side being like, motherfucker, what is going on? So this particular night, like we were in this kind of swirl. And so I said, you know what? Fuck it. Auntie asked me to go out. And I was like, I'm going to go because it was over at Fire Island. And um, uh, Cherry Grove, you know, Cherry Grove is the LGBT uh, community over there. Have you ever been? Yeah. When I was young. Okay. So we went there and um, the next, so like we ran it, we went into like 4th of July week. So like, I think it was actually the next day, the next day after that night, I went and I bought the Mustang and legit my ex at the time went and spent the entire month on the basement floor, didn't go to work, wasted on the basement floor. Little one would come home from, from wherever he'd be and be like, what is he doing down there? And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. Like an unfinished basement floor on this like little baby sofa. He like set up, I don't even know what he set up. And he just spent the entire month down there. And I was like, this is insane. What am I doing? I'm turning 35 in a couple of weeks. Am I going to do this forever? I've done it for 15 years. Like when is enough enough? And so this is what was going on when I met Spencer and Spencer found me on Facebook and he just started chatting with me. And what, I don't even know what possessed me or why Spencer asked me to go meet him, hang out with him. We would go and like, he was getting his car done, we're getting worked on at like somewhere in Patchogue. So like, he'd asked me to go meet him because like he had to go like meet the guy for the car appointment or whatever. So he'd be like, oh, you know, I'll be close to your house, you know, because, you know, we live like 40 minutes away in comparison to where that is. Okay. So he was like, I'm going to be out your way you know, do you want to meet me here? And like, we could just like chat, you know, quickly chat. So like, we would just meet at like random places and legit just shoot the shit. I don't know what, what in my right mind I ever thought why I should, like, I would have, I don't know what the turning point was for me. It, maybe it was because I was just like, I, I was feeling really upset that like, I couldn't be acknowledged at home for my hard work and I was punished for it. I, you know, I, I couldn't deal with the ridiculousness of the basement floor for like a month. And, and listen, I, I want to say this out loud because I know that I'm speaking really terribly, right? Because these are my things and life was really bad, but that does not mean he's not a bad person, right? He's just fucked up. He's just a really fucked up human being and doesn't make anything okay. Right. Because sometimes people say, you know, so he would always say that his alcoholism was because of the PTSD. Well, I get that, right? Well, but at some point in time, you got to get help for one of them. And then one becomes another issue because of the other. And so then 
now you're in a vicious cycle and that's no longer an acceptable excuse. So I have a very bittersweet relationship with addicts and the reasonings and the purposes behind it. I have, you know, so for me, it will always be a very political back and forth conversation on my point of view. But as so like I said to myself, I'm like, I'm going to turn 35. Like I can't fucking do this anymore. This is insane. And at around the same time, little one got his um, driver's license appointment for August 2nd. And I was like, okay, so, you know, I'll take you, we'll get your driver's license and do that. And legit, he passed his driver's license and I packed up and I moved out that day. A couple of days beforehand, brother knew that I was going to be doing this. And he's such a great person. It's going to make me cry too, because I wasn't expecting it. He showed up at the apartment appointment for my brother. So, so I didn't have to do it alone and, you know, whatever. So I just thought that was a really nice thing. In any yeah. event, so, so, this is, so this is how I ended up, you know, getting into everything with Spencer. And so, you know, kind of mapping out some of this short period of time stuff. When I had the opportunity to be with Spencer and live so freely and not have any rules, regulations, boundaries, and, and of course, of course, we have rules, boundaries within, you know, our, and we don't disrespect each other in any kind of way. I mean, to be able to live so freely without any kind of repercussions or, you know what, if I want to be fucking naked on the street corner, I'm not going to have somebody over here calling me a whore and a slut telling me I can't be that way, you know, because like I, you, like I would wear, um, you know, like my seven, those like, I don't know what even time period dresses, what time period dresses where, where are all those like the fifties or seventies or. As if you were in the like 50s, Mad Men. yes, like yeah. like Lucille Ball. Yes, thank you. Yeah, 50s, you know, yes, the fifties. And so, I mean, those were super classic looks. Are you kidding me? I I would get picked up from you know work or uh, we'd go to lunch together, and he'd be like, he'd look at me and he'd be like, I can't take you into the pizza place like that. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I can't take you into the pizza place dressed like that. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Legit. So one day he made me feel so bad. I went into my HR department and I said to them, I'm like, am I dressed inappropriately for work? And they're like, why would you even ask such a question? You were hiding yourself. It was so. I saw saw that myself, that you were hiding yourself. It was, it just became ridiculous. So. To be in a a situation now where I could be my most open self and, you know, have a partner who fully supports just anything and everything. I mean, it doesn't even matter, but at the end of the day, he just makes me feel safe. And like, that's a very, that's that's my dream person because I know it wasn't the same situation. You're describing my life. Yeah. I think that's why I relate to you so much. I can understand what you were saying initially on where you were saying that you so desperately wanted to feel loved because with that being said, you do gravitate towards certain aspects of things. And then you get into just like a cycle. And then like, when that doesn't work out, you just kind of grab onto the next thing. And into a certain degree, I sort of did that with, I guess, my marriage. Things were not great between, you know, us. And I really didn't want to be living at home and you know, I had just moved back from the apartment into the house at that time period. And 
you know, I don't even know. I don't even know what my issue is, was, or, but it was that same thing. You get into this situation because you're so trying to grab onto something. And then by the time you're in, you're so far deep that after it's over, you kind of look back on some of this stuff and you're just like, what in the world? And I do see that with you. Like I, I, there are certain things, but at the same time, but stepdad duped you a bit. I feel like I know that you were you somewhere as along the lines changed. That shit was all on him to a certain degree. You know, he liked you a certain way. You know, he wanted you to dress a certain, you know, so like, that's what I say. Like when you're so part of like the lifestyle, you don't understand how close he was, he was dangling you. And so, you know, and even some of the relationships that we saw that were a little unconventional and and shit, like there was some fucking wacky stuff. So to get to the point where you guys ended up in the marriage, Mm -hmm. like not that it was writing on the wall, but you kind of can see where that it it was heading. So to hear you say it now is not shocking. My book, the collaborative book that released last week, I wrote about overcoming the negativity and I wrote, started out saying it was a love-hate relationship. We were deeply in love, but we fought all the time and it was the jealousy on my end because he just wanted himself so much and it, I was blind to it in the beginning, but I know we were meant together. We were soulmates, just like you've gone through everything that you've gone through to know what happiness is and I'm looking for your happiness yeah I think well I understand what I understand exactly what you're saying that you you were feeling stuck because you were protecting somebody else yeah I wasn't protecting anybody else so that's why I say you were the best mother that I can see you did everything right that I did not do. And I don't, I don't hide it. I am not proud of the mother that I was because I only did the best I could. And I had outside interference. So I look at you and your structure and everything that you did. And I didn't know until now some of your reasons, but you did everything for them. And you didn't have a life. I never saw you having your own life. And now I'm happy that you do. It is really great. Cause I mean, we travel so much, like we do so many different things. I mean, granted it's always for work, but Spencer does make mm-hmm. sure that while we're in our travels, stop on the side of the road because the sun is setting or he saw a double rainbow and we have to go and get a picture or, you know, like some weird sculptures on the side. And sometimes I get frustrated with him in the moment. But when I take a second or I see the picture, I'm like, I really shouldn't have gotten tight like that. And he's taught me so much on how to be so flexible because, you know, being in that environment that I was in, I was so rigid in my mindsets and had to be so, you know, whether it was on point, on top, thinking five things in advance, just to be sure, whatever, to adjust into being in a circumstance where somebody is so free And so just wherever the wind really takes you. And I've always had that mentality. Like I've always said that to you. And like, he legit lives that. It's incredibly freeing. And I I need to make sure to appreciate it so much more than I do, you know? And I mean, I tell him all the time that I appreciate him and I'm so thankful, you know, for him and just 
the life that he's able to provide to me and for me. Because I mean, you know, like you said, you're looking for it. I journaled about it forever. I don't even know if I told you, I buried all those journals in my fairy garden at the front of my my fairy garden. Yeah, all, (laughs) all the years of my marriage, I buried all of it because I was just like, you know, those journals need to go somewhere else. And, you know, now we start fresh and whatever. But in those journals, you'll legit, if you, if you read them, it's this life that I'm living right now. Hands down. Well, I know that you tell me a lot Mm -hmm. of times that I have to let the past go, but my goal is to help other people through stress and I can't help them until I understand. And I'm beginning to understand a lot of it now by looking back on a lot of it. It's not that I'm dwelling in the past. I'm trying to understand what happened so it doesn't happen again. I'm going to be 64 soon. So I am so happy that you realized it at half my age because you have a great life in front of you and you've always had that focus. As much as you've gone through, you've had that focus of, I know I need to keep going. And I don't think you, through this conversation, I am seeing that you have never felt like you were worth it and proud of yourself. You know what it is? Being and I don't certain- think you ever knew that I was proud of you. Well, okay, yeah. So stemming with you, Yes, that is a very difficult thing because we've had numerous amount of challenges with that. And, uh, you know, I have, a, I have a lot of disconnect issues because of it, you know, because I would always say, like, if my own mother doesn't like me, how would anybody else like me? I always loved you. And so, but we're, we're past that. And then, you know, kind of migrating, you know, that mindset into a very, you know, in when I was married, I, you know, did Al-Anon and it it taught you how to disconnect, you know, love from afar. And so my boundaries and my walls are so far fucked up with everybody, with everybody. You know, like I try and explain to people like exactly within the lifestyle, don't touch me when we go to a club, right? I get like really, I get uncomfortable Well, because I've dealt with so many different things that you don't as a a community, that person doing it doesn't know of what I, you know, so some of the, some of the things in my surroundings make me reactionary. And for that, people go through different things all the time and people are in the lifestyle for different reasons Mm -hmm. and people's boundaries and rules and everything are, are what they are for very specific reasons because of my circumstances and the way that I've had to learn and teach myself how to interact with those close to me has taught me to keep everything at a super, super distance. And that's something that I'm really trying to work on. Well, I have apologized in the past and I'm apologizing again. Oh, that wasn't directed towards you. But that's a big thing that people have to understand. Um, With one circumstance after my husband died and we sat together, I never knew what I was apologizing for. And it was by you talking to me and opening up for me to be able to, oh, now I know why I'm apologizing. And I learned through my relationship and I understand it now by looking back, the communication was not there. Yeah. 
And I think for your community, I think for any community, the biggest thing, and that's the biggest thing that I'm looking for in a new relationship is communication. Yep. And you and I did not have communication. You just shut down. And Mm -hmm. half the time, I didn't know why you were hurting because maybe I said something in passing and didn't even realize I said it or something and it might have stuck on your mind. But I'm so, again, I'm so proud of you because you are able to be open with people at such a young age and let people know. And that's my message to everybody. You need to communicate with everybody. If something's bothering you, you need to speak about it because it's just going to affect you instead of everybody else is going to go on with their lives not knowing. And I think that's a big problem between you and me because I didn't know what was hurting you. Yeah, it's true. We did have a lot of conversation and 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 meddled through a lot of different things. And communication is super critical. It's funny that you like really emphasized it because the podcast that just launched was, you know, advice to newbies coming into the lifestyle. And that was like communication is like the top priority thing, because listen, like what we dabble in on our lifestyle and, you know, as humans can be a really touchy thing. Like I'll never forget, like one time you got super mad at me because you were like, or you maybe just in the moment, you were just like, just unhappy about the circumstances, but you were like, you can't tell all your friends that you love them. And I'm like, but I can tell the whole world I love them. And I do love everybody, you know, like- And I do that now. You do, but it was, you know, but I think about that moment and I'm like, but you know what? We can love people at different degrees. And as long as we're communicating them effectively, efficiently, and not hurting anybody's feelings and everybody's open-minded to the conversation, well then- what's it hurting, right? Exactly like you said, the only hurt that you're going to get is to your own self. I've said time and time again on different community posts about, um, I mean, you can imagine there's jealousy, there's insecurities, there's a lot of those negative aspects that people don't Mm -hmm. understand about how to navigate or whatever. And they have these, you know, certain questions. And I'm like, but if you don't, if you don't share these exact words that you just wrote on this post to your partner, you're going to live with this uncomfort. And then what's going to happen since you didn't mention it now, it's going to happen again. And then you're going to get pissed and then it's going to turn into resentment. And then it's going to spiral into something that you don't want it to spiral into. So then it becomes catastrophic like our relationship (laughs) did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it's, it's true. The foundation to anything is communication and trust. Like you gotta, you know, it's, it is, it's great. This was a good podcast, mother. How do you think it it went? I think it went very well. I understand you a little bit, little bit more about um, the deep seated feelings and everything. Um, I think you already knew that I had no problem with your lifestyle And I hope that I got the message through to everybody, although I'm not living in the lifestyle, I don't put it down. And I want everybody to feel as free as they need to be because everybody has their own thing that they're on their own journey and everybody has something in their closet. Not to feel ashamed, to feel like this is the way I wanna live my life and it's okay. Listen, I mean, it sounds as if we, we can put together some good stuff. So if there's a topic that you want to hear the two of us talk to get, talk through together, or, you know, if you have some follow-up questions for us uh, that you want us to kind of reconvene and, and shoot out together, 
maybe you're looking for some specific guidance from a parental standpoint that, you know, you're not sure how to, you know, approach your family. Maybe she can provide, you know, some ins and outs on, you know, some of the perceived. I'm not really sure. There's a million different ways this can go. So, you know, email me at nizzybender at outlook.com. Mom, one final farewell. What would you say? I'm very proud of you. I'm happy for the journey that you have been on, the woman that you have become and still becoming. And I wish everyone in your community well. Thank you. I'm really thankful that you did this with me. I wasn't really sure how it was going to go, but I I'm really pleased and I'm really thankful that you were open-minded enough to kind of just be very blind on coming on the show and just going with it. That's fine. That's how I live my life now. So that is fine with me. All right. I love you to death. Until next time, everybody, I'll talk to you so soon.